Thank you, man. The beautiful song. If you take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Genesis, chapter number 39. Genesis 39. We've been studying the book of Genesis in the adult Sunday school class. And uh, just occasionally a message comes out of it. Chapter 39 and verse 1 and uh, one through four, and then we'll scoot over after we read that to chapter 41, verse 38. 39 of Genesis. If you'll follow along as I read the scriptures. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. Uh, scoot over a couple pages there to uh, chapter 41 and verse number 38. 4138 of Genesis. And Pharaoh said unto this, his servants, Can we find such an one as this is a man in whom the Spirit of God is? This is Pharaoh. This is not a Christian person or a believer in God Almighty. He would have been a man of false gods. But he sees in this young boy, Can we find such a one as this is a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Amazing story of this man, Joseph. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you this morning and the event of the week, Father, is church on Sunday. And Father, the gathering and Sunday morning service, the singing of the choir, the specials. Father, thank you for the uh, award that was rewarded today for a job well done in the study of a, of a new Christian, Father, of the Word of God and the blessing it is. And Father, now for the message of this morning, we pray that you would challenge us, please. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. This man, Joseph, most of you would be familiar with the story of Joseph. He was the youngest son at the time. It didn't wind up that way, but at the time, he was the youngest son and the favorite son by far of his father. Um, obviously, we know that doesn't work, right? Uh, to have a favorite child and be so obvious to the rest of the family. And so we have this favorite child, this man by the name of Joseph. His brothers become jealous of him. They're envious of him, and eventually they hate him. Father sends him on a trip to check on his brothers. He's already come back to Father once before and has brought an evil report, which got him in further trouble with his brothers, of course. And so he's brought an evil report, and now his father has mysteriously, in some ways, has sent him to check on them again, and he puts him in the coat of many colors to go on this errand. It winds up they see him a long way off. We were studying this earlier, and as I thought about it, 
about the worst thing you could have done is put the coat of many colors on him because you could see him who knows how far away. By the time he arrives to check in on his brothers and finds them, they've already plotted and planned what they're going to do with him before he ever gets there because they could see him so far away. He arrives. They, some of the brothers would like to kill him. They, there's so much hatred and bitterness toward him, they would like to kill him. Reuben, the oldest, dissuades them, at least gets them to think about it. They end up throwing him in a pit and selling him as a slave. He arrives, of course, in Egypt as a boy who's been sold now to a man by the name of Potiphar. Once again, God blesses this young man, raises him up to the, at the top of the household, and so that everything in Potiphar's hand, everything that was going on in Potiphar's household was under his hand. And so we see as he's blessed of God in many ways, then we find Potiphar's wife who has betrayed him and spoke lies of him. And, of course, he goes to prison. And so now we have this young boy, probably a teenage boy, been separated from his father, separated from his family, slave. God raises him up. Now, once again, falsely accused. And now he finds himself in prison. Probably this span of time between being sold and then becoming, uh, number one, honestly, right under Pharaoh, prime minister, if you will, of Egypt was about a 15-year span that this, this young man was a slave and then, of course, was imprisoned. Can you imagine all these years, this young man realizing that daddy never knew where he was? Had no way of finding him. Nobody's looking for me. My dad probably thinks I'm dead, which his dad did. And all this time, this young boy, this young man probably 15 and growing older, and now imprisoned, falsely accused. It's a hard life. It's sometimes hard to look at from his perspective, even though God is blessing him, and even though he's raising, even within the context of the prison, he is raised to the top level to where everything's under him. All the, all the matters of, of the prisoners were under his, his, his hand, the Bible says. We see the dreams that he interprets for those. And eventually we find him, of course, being second in command in all of Egypt under only Pharaoh himself. But the Bible even speaks of Pharaoh in the context that Pharaoh only really kept track of what he was eating that day. Everything else, Pharaoh turned over everything to this young man, Joseph, because he saw the spirit of God in this boy, in this young man. And what a young man he was. But I'll let you think about the fact that Joseph finds himself in a situation here he is, he's the favorite child. He's, he's the one that's going to carry the birthright and is extremely, extremely hated by his brothers. Slavery, prison, a lot of changes in his life, a lot of upheaval in his life. God was with him, as we know, and did miracles through this young man in the interpretation of dreams. Everyone experiences many changes in life. Maybe you haven't experienced too many yet, and that probably is going to be dependent primarily on your age. How many experiences of life that you've encountered that have brought changes to your life. But we all will face them. We go into life, we generally, we situations are all different in the context of even being raised up. I had the fortunate privilege of being raised up in a Christian home. How many raised up in a Christian home in the house this morning? Maybe not quite half. 
raised up in a Christian home. I had the privilege of being raised up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor when I was born, and uh, I was the last fourth child. Parents obviously say the best for last, and that's what my son Dylan tells his brothers too, right? Uh, but there's so many changes that are going to come into your life, and and some, the majority did, didn't raise up in a weren't raised up in a Christian home, and so you've had a lot of changes in your life and. Thankfully, you got to a church one day or somebody knocked on your door. Some way, somehow, somebody got the gospel to you. And you trusted Christ as your Savior. You're sitting here this morning. And a blessing to have you. This young man, many changes happened in his life. And that's going to happen to each one of us. Perhaps you're happily married. And man, things are just great. Things are going well. And boy, the, the Lord blesses you with, with a child. And and so you have this next nine months of a transformation in your life, ladies, not so much for the guys, but a transformation for the ladies. And you have this span of time expecting and looking forward to having a new baby in the house, and then you get a new baby in the house. Now, everybody in here has got a different experience in that. I had a niece, and very sweet girl, and she, she, had, she had her first child, and I, I would tell you, she was just in tears. The baby just cried all the time. She took the baby to the doctor, just nothing wrong. Just couldn't get, you know, I don't know how it is, but ladies, you know how it is. She's just so tired, couldn't, never, get, never could get any rest, and any sleep. And she was just beside herself. It just the new baby was just such a transformation. She was just worn to a frazzle. Of course, that affects you emotionally, but boy, you're looking so forward to this baby. Now, of course, the baby's grown, graduated college, and all those things is just as good as good a child as you would want to know but boy it was rough at the start what happened to this couple it's a young couple and their life was changed when they had a new child it was a blessing to their home but it brought many changes to their life maybe you're a young couple and you've got changes in your life some had to suffer through divorces not anything you ever wanted to happen something you never thought would ever happen to you but it did and your life is in upheaval and changes that you never dreamed that you would have to face, you've had to face in your life. Perhaps for others, it was an accident that happened in your life or in your family. When I was a little boy, my father fell 35 feet off a roof, landed on concrete feet first, and just literally busted up his, his entire body. This is back in the 60s. They just literally took him and they body casted him. That's what they, they didn't, it was in so many pieces. His feet were smashed, his legs, they said, between his knee and his, and his and down to his ankle, probably 40 pieces, both, both sides. Of course, back broken. They figured he had multiple internal injuries from the fall. He, he did not, and he survived it. I didn't realize I was a little boy. I didn't realize that he was not expected to survive, but he did. And, but just what did it do? It, it brought change to my life as a nine-year-old boy for my dad to have that fall. Not a change I was looking for, right? I had a dad that was healthy and strong, and then I have a dad that's just completely broken. And um, I don't know, miraculously, there's no explanation to it. Absolutely, there is no explanation to it. But I would suppose within a year, my dad was up walking. They told him he would never walk again. And just, they body casted him, never said anything. And uh, I've said this before in the service, but uh, my dad lived to be 83, and I was 
He was just the last four months, he was in a, a nursing home. And I would marvel when I would go see him. Because almost the only person in that nursing home that was walking without a walker or any, any aid of anything was my dad. <laughs> Kid you not, the man never stopped walking. I mean, he just, he, you know, he always had, you know, swell, you know, his ankles would swell up and things like that. But I, he just had a routine. He knew what to do with it. And I honestly, um, he never complained about it. I just... I can't imagine it, but I, I can't recall him complaining about it. He just he just went on with life. You know, it's amazing things that God will bring into our lives. Cancer may invade your life. Jimmy and Angie lost both both their fathers. I would suppose within a span of ten days or less. It just hard, hardship just turned into hardship. And it was at probably the busiest time of year for them, all of this unfolded. And what happened? Change that you perhaps knew someday was coming, but all at once it happened. And change happens like that. Accidents happen. Sometimes maybe you think you've got a, a job that's secure, you like the job, and all of a sudden you find out that that job's gonna disappear and your life is turned upside down financially and problems come into your life loss of a job. So many things in our lives can come into our lives that transform our lives. We look at this boy who's the favorite child of his father, probably a wealthy man. He was blessed of God, obviously of Abraham's seed. Jacob was a very blessed man, very wealthy man. And he comes from this lifestyle of a wealthy father and posh and for his day, probably posh lifestyle, probably never wanted for anything within the context of that day. He probably didn't ever really want a Corvette or anything, maybe a camel or something, but he didn't probably want for anything. And here he is, and, and, and a favorite child, and now he finds that his life is just turned upside down, a slave, and God blesses him. Apostle Paul says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And he says these words, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And the famous verse that many of you would know, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Apostle Paul lays a great example for us. We know the struggles that he had. We look at Joseph and we see the changes that came into his life that turned his life upside down and how, how God brought that to bear and became, of course, as Pharaoh in somewhat equality and running the country and only, only Pharaoh over him saves the life of his own family. His brothers, of course, are nervous, to say the least, when they meet and find out who he is and who, what his position is, and they're very, very afraid at the moment. But what's he say? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Apostle Paul tells us he's not in respect of want. He's satisfied with whatever it may be. I love this phrase, I know both how to be abased 
and I know how to abound. There's going to be times in your life that you're going to have to figure out how to be abased because you're going to go through it. Something's going to happen. Things will be going well, and then all of a sudden, the bottom will drop out, and you're going to have to know how to be abased. Paul says, I know how to abound. In some instances, some people get extraordinarily, maybe they get a nice bonus or they get a raise or their business just flourishes. And sometimes that's the destruction of them. They, they don't know how to abound. They don't know how to handle it. They, they develop spending habits and then they, they wind up in worse debt than they ever would have been. Even though their income went up substantially, they weren't able to handle it. They didn't know how to abound. Paul says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Life is going to be those two things. There's going to be good times and there's going to be times of drought and hardship in our lives. And God says we can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. There will always be difficulties in your life. Betty's father, our nephew, Clinton, my parents, two months apart, my beloved pastor, Dr. Hiles, our son Clinton eventually died. Not long ago, Diane, our sister-in-law, died. Betty's mother died. Ladies and gentlemen, the older you get, the more you're going to have a longer and longer list of people that you love that you've lost. And you're going to have to know how to be abased and how to abound. In a very short span of years, you may lose most of your relatives. Mr. Smith, Dan's father, just something you couldn't foresee and just a series of circumstances that happened just from just getting to church late, Brother Dan. Just, one, just being, just being uh, he's what, 87 years old, was a little late for church. As a result of that, other, he, he fell. But just, I think you said in three weeks, right? Three weeks, his life has just been transformed. What was three weeks ago? is no more. Certainly be praying for him that God would raise him up. But understand, life, life is that way. You can One day you can be here, and the next day you may be at the bottom. We just don't know what a day might bring forth, the Bible would say to us. This man Joseph was extremely blessed by God, but his life was a series of events that were not certainly palatable at times, but God used those things in a variety of ways to make him into the man that he needed to be. How to be extraordinary. Accept and make peace with your life. Accept and make peace with your life. You're going to have, you, you'll have more than one change in your life. But no matter what that change in your life is, make peace with the changes in your life. People that won't come to terms with things in their life. We, we experienced, of course, many, many months in hospitals. And to see precious parents that just the injury to their children was just absolutely more than they could handle. And so they honestly would just abandon the child to the state because it just, was, it just overwhelmed them. As a Christian, the Lord sustained us through some hard times. 
with our child and sustained us. And, and in many ways, God has blessed us. But I will tell you, there, there's going to be a times in your life when you feel like you just can't take it. I used to wonder about unsaved people, but, and I was, you know, in my heart for them to abandon their child in such horrible conditions sometimes would just, it would just be upsetting. Like, well, how can you do this? But as I got involved in a place where all these children were hurt so dramatically, I realized something, Brother Don. They didn't have Christ in their life. And there was no way they could take it. There were around tranquilizers and things to help them go day to day. But they just couldn't sit there and see their child that was so hurt would never be normal again. And they just could not take it. And so they just abandoned the child. There's places all over the United States of America. Place that we, call, that we took Clinton to, the man that was there, he hated it so much that people would do that. He would say they, they warehouse their children. But you'll find somewhere in the state of Illinois that there's children that are in those places that nobody comes visits them on Christmas. Nobody's there for their birthday. They've been abandoned by parents. They just can't handle it. They just cannot handle it. Without, without Christ, folks, life can bring you to a point of you can't handle it. First thing, if you're going to be extraordinary and you're going to be able to handle the challenges of life, you have got to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've got to have him. You're not going to make it through life sometimes there's a lot of things in life that you're just going to walk away from because it's just too much and you can't take it. Paul says, I know how to be a base and I know how to abound. But he also says this, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And believers, that's the promise that we have from God that we can take all things through Christ. He will not send anything into our path that he will not take us through. First of all, if you're going to make it through life and excel in life, through the challenges of life, and be an extraordinary person, you're going to have to accept and make peace with your life. First off, you're going to have to know Christ as your Savior. Number two, accept your new normal. It will take a while. It will take a while. I think it took me two and a half years to transform from a beautiful child to a child is the most hurt child I've ever seen. But it took two and a half years to adjust to the new normal of our life. I don't know exactly how long it took Betty, but for me it was about two and a half years. She, of course, cared for Clinton, our son, for day in and day out, so perhaps quicker. But you're going to have to come to the thing where you make peace with your life and find contentment in it and accept the new normal that you have. It's a new normal. Your life has changed, and you don't just change a life that is in routine. You get up, you go to work, eat your breakfast, your life is just routine, and then all of a sudden, something comes in that just absolutely turns it upside down, and it's going to take some time. Don't quit. Give yourself time to establish a new normal. You've got to have Christ in your life. But to establish that new normal is going to take you some time. Maybe you're in the middle of it right now where things are just in upheaval in your life. Give yourself some time to accept a new normal. It won't happen overnight. But if you're going to be an extraordinary Christian, an extraordinary person, you're going to have to be somebody that can accept those things that come to your life unexpectedly. 
Accept your new normal. Number three, realize everyone experiences changes in life. I know rich people. I have friends that I think are quite wealthy. Um, I know poor people. None escape unexpected change. None of us accept your situation and your life that God has given to you. Accept the challenges that God has given to you in your life. Don't bolt. Trust Christ. Put faith in him. Realize everyone is going to ex experience changes. You're not alone. Your life will do it. Everybody's life will probably have major changes in it. Paul says, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Those are the things that we as believers have to learn in our life, and God uses circumstances in life to bring us to those situations, to bring us that he can make us more like Christ and to work through our lives. Changes are not surprises or accidents with God. They're not surprises. When your event happened in your life that brought dramatic change to it, God in heaven was not up there saying, oh my goodness, what just happened? What am I going to do? No, God knew it before it came to your doorstep. God knew what he had to prepare you for before it came to your doorstep. It's so important that you stay close to Christ through all the days of your life. Because change will come. And we need to be prepared as believers to be in that position of change that we can deal with change in our life that is unexpected, change that we don't want. Extraordinary does not start or end with money. Extraordinary people doesn't start or end with money. Sometimes you think, well, extraordinary people are wealthy. Uh, I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter where you're at in the food chain of finances. Let me tell you something. Your life is going to be upheaval with changes no matter who you are. You look at some people and say, man, their life is just perfect. Their life is just easy. You couldn't be more wrong. Everybody in life, no matter how you view it. Dr. Streeter, one of my dearest friends, one of my dearest friends in life, and he's just been, been a friend for years been a doctor for I don't know how many decades. His life is not automatically an easy life because of that, folks. Guess what? He experiences heartache and change and struggles and all those things. He's one of my dearest friends. He, he goes through the troubles of life. You say, well, he's a doctor, man. He's got everything. No, everybody's got challenges. No life is simple. We may look and say, well, this guy's got it made. This guy's got it made. No, no life is such as that. Every life is going to be filled with challenges and everybody's going to have to come up in life and understand that I've got to do some extraordinary things in my life and put extraordinary faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to carry me through the changes in my life that God brings. God is never saying, uh-oh, I didn't see that coming in your life. He knows everything that's going to come into your life and will prepare you and sustain you through those things. You will have days that you don't feel like God is there and then you'll have days that you'd feel the presence of God very strong that's why we call it faith you're going to have to walk through each step of life and each phase of life with faith in Christ faith that's who we are people of faith extraordinary doesn't start or end with money it becomes your normal 
If I was in Mexico or the Philippines, I'd be filthy rich. Amen? I mean, like, whoa, that dude's got it made. Well, Elim's over there from Mexico, right? But it, it, from his perspective, my life is just posh. But if he didn't know me, you wouldn't know, me, you wouldn't know the challenges that I faced either. You would just think, man, that guy's got it made. People are struggling, and, and I certainly don't blame them. They want to come to the United States of America. But, but they, they really don't understand the challenges that we face in the United States of America. It's not as posh and perfect as what they probably expect when they get here. They probably didn't expect that they were going to have a $200 gas bill, right? <laughs> in the tank and in their house. But it's it, it just, you know, whoa, you know, all of a sudden your life changes and you're in Iowa and now all of a sudden you're, you're paying heating bills and you, you've got all these bills that you didn't think you were going to have to, that you never, never realized were coming your way as, as somebody new to the country. You never realized how expensive it was going to be to live in the United States of America. How many jobs you were going to have to work to make it. It's the nature of it. Everything looks golden and changes come to us. How do you be extraordinary? You take your life, your ordinary life, and you make it life's inescapable events. You take your ordinary life and add to it inescapable events. Number two, you take impossibility to manage and you make it your routine. Take the impossible to manage and you make it your routine. I remember we were, uh, I think, we, I'm sure it was Heaven Baptist High School, and somebody had a child that they were trying to get into school, their child who was a, or her child, but, but mentally was strong. And my wife had been at the school. She worked at the school for, for some years. And one of the principals, the parents said, well, the, you know, the child is in diapers. And, and the, when the person left, the principal was just, Wow, we can't do that. We, I mean, we, we 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 can't do diapers here at the school. And my wife was just so like almost wanted to bust out laughing. Right? We had a child for 14 years that was in diapers. Can I tell you something? That was kind of like the least problem you've got. <laughs> that's not a big deal. You ladies that have multiple kids understand that's not a big deal. But it was just like to that principal's like, oh, we could never handle a child like that. Well, that's really not the problem. But what do we do? We get blindsided by things that we think are extraordinary, and, and they're really not. How do we handle them? You take your ordinary life, and you add unescapable events. You take the impossible to manage and make it your routine. You take what most cannot handle, and you handle it on the daily basis, and it becomes just part of your routine. It's going to require patience. Joseph took dire circumstances and he excelled as others hated. He was in the same prison and he excelled. Probably most of the prisoners hated it there. We find this boy who excels. He goes and he's sold to a man. Many would rebel and he excelled. Why? He had the Lord with him first and foremost but he would not let himself be overtaken and drowning in self-pity. No, he trusted in the Lord, and the Lord blessed him, and God moved him forward. And you're going to have to not just sit, take your circumstances and just throw up your hands in the air and say, I can't do this. 
There's things that God will bring to your life that will sustain you, friends that will sustain you, people's prayers will sustain you, things that just happen in your life that God will do in your life that will sustain you through the trials of life. Every life will be challenged by the undesired, unscheduled change. What will you do? What are you doing? Many will run. Many will quit. Many will compound the challenges by spite and bitterness in their life. God, why would you allow this to happen to me? They're all over the country. They're all over our churches. Spite and bitterness because they just can't figure out why, God, would you let this happen to me? I remember when I had that thought. My very next thought was, and why shouldn't it happen to me? Who am I? Am I better than everybody else? I had this perfect life, healthy children, good job. I mean, just everything was going my way. And then all of a sudden we have a hurt child beyond imagination. Why God? Because I'm human, because I'm a sinner, because of all the things that life brings. Why? I've said this before. At that moment, I remembered something. I never asked my father, when my father told me something, I never asked him why. I knew that I didn't, wasn't supposed to ask my dad why. If he told me to do something, gave me a task, I didn't say why to my own father. How much more when God puts something in our lap to grow us in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ to temper us, to raise us up as stronger people he can use in a variety of ways through trials. How much more should I not ask God why? If you've done that and you've asked God why, I'm not condemning you for it at all. I'm just, just telling you, think about it. Why would I ask God why? I wouldn't ask my own father that. I would just trust him. We have to trust God sometimes because we may never find out the answers this side of glory. But I will tell you what, it's not. If you're going to make it and you're going to be an extraordinary person, asking why is probably not going to get you there. Many will quit. There's extraordinary opportunities that everybody desires. Not always come as a promotion. But your opportunities may come wrapped in heartache. You won't recognize it thinking, what is this? What is this in my life that's happening in my life? And what might be happening in your life is God is preparing you for something in your life that he has to bring you through this point to bring you to that spot where he can use you for what he created you for. But this is a necessary piece in your life. If you're going to go extraordinary places for God, you're going to have to work through extraordinary circumstances that may come into your way so he can bring you to make you and mold you what he needs you to be to accomplish his will. I've had the opportunity to go see him and talk about him, perhaps the greatest missionary in the world, Rick Martin. I don't know anybody skinnier than Rick Martin. He's just, he's just a skinny man. He's a little older than me. 
He's in the States now. And his wife's got cancer. And so they're, they're going the natural, the natural route of, of trying to defeat the cancer. And so he spends most of his time just, uh, you know, doing vegetables and fruits and all the natural things. He has to um, grind them up and get those ready for her. Just It's a lot of work just to, to do this, this special diet. And I would think to myself, Lord, if there's ever a man that's done more for the cause of Christ, I don't know who it is. I don't know a couple that has sacrificed more. They have, they have nothing. I've been to his house several times. They have nothing. I'm not kidding. They have nothing. Their whole life, 40-some years now in the Philippines, maybe 50. That's just incredible. Thousand churches have been started, 800 missionaries plus on the field that have been trained and saved in that church and sent out literally all over the world from the Philippines. Amazing ministry. And those numbers are probably low. That's the last time I was there, probably 10 years ago, and those are the numbers. Here he sits now in the United States of America trying to save the life of his precious wife. Does he have a right to say, Why God? He's not asking God why. He's trusting God. Have your faith in God. If you desire what someone else has attained, be careful. It didn't come like you expected. Extraordinary people aren't extraordinary because they have an easy pathway. The song says, I traveled down a lonely road and no one seemed to care. The burden on my weary back was more than I could bear. I oft complained to Jesus how folks were treating me, and then I heard him say so tenderly, my feet were all so weary upon the Calvary road. My cross became so heavy I fell beneath the load. Be faithful, weary pilgrim, the morning I can see. Just take thy cross and follow close to me. I don't know if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Life's problems and life's heartaches will probably cross your path. But your life will have meaning and purpose and promise and the knowledge that God is with you and that he's, suffer he's suffering with you. He carries your burdens. He knows your sorrows. And he's there for you. The knowledge that God is in it will sustain you. The knowledge that Jesus Christ and God have a plan for your life. Be that person that doesn't just go through trials with bitterness and sorrow, but goes through them and comes out of them trophies of grace. Our world is filled with Christians who have suffered. Some have given their lives for the cause. Apostle Paul, his testimony of what he's gone through is just a remarkable things of all the sufferings that he went through. He knew how to be abased and he knew how to abound. Extraordinary man. Certainly somebody we look to. This morning, do you know Christ is your Savior? That's the starting point. If you're going to live an extraordinary life, you're going to have to have Jesus Christ in that life. A life lived without Christ is going to be a life lived that just will be in vain. You'll die 
And that will be the end. With Christ, this is merely the runway for heaven where you'll spend eternity with Christ. Choose Christ today. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Christians, I don't know what touched your heart this morning, if anything. I don't know what your situations individually are. But no doubt trials will come to all of us. No doubt suffering will come to all of us. You need Christ in your life for the things here on earth. But far more than that, you need Christ so that you can experience eternity in heaven forever and escape the awfulness of a place called hell. Don't go there. Trust Christ today. Let's all stand together. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll have our invitation. Altar will be open. If you don't know Christ, 